Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Soul Journeys podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to a very special guest, Jamie Hearn. She is an intuitive women's empowerment coach and spiritual teacher. So if you're not familiar with Jamie, you will definitely want to be. I know Jamie very well. And uh, I don't know, Jamie, if I've met anyone as grounded as you. Well, thank you. You hear that a lot from people? Yes. And sometimes I have to remind myself to stay in that space. So I appreciate that. Exactly. Well, I know you're passionate about working with high achieving spiritual women and, um, you know, a lot of different things you offer. I know you especially love to do in-person retreats. So I know this past year has been kind of interesting for that. But aside from having a thriving international coaching practice and being an Akashic Records expert and teacher, you have also been a successful attorney for nearly 20 years, which is always interesting. So this has allowed you to do a lot of things and learn a lot of things that most people don't have access to. So I'm excited to dive in and I know you have a special little goodie for us at the end of our show today, which I'm excited to let people know about, but uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to (laughs) chat with you. (laughs) And this isn't your first rodeo. You've done a ton of, uh, of radio and podcast interviews. So I'll try to make this a pleasant experience for you. (laughs) I'm certain it will be. (laughs) By asking you really awkward questions. Just kidding. (laughs) So you're in law, you're still practicing law. Mm -hmm. And you have a really thriving law practice and you have this healing business. So how do you straddle both of those worlds? I've had to be really intentional about having a presence in both places. So I don't mix the two. I have very strict boundaries about the time I devote to each area. If I try to do both of them in the same day, I get too scattered and I can't give my full attention to either one. So I Mm -hmm. set my schedule with a lot of intention around where I need to be that week. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I even know for me, if I have to bounce between coaching calls and responding to really administrative emails and stuff like that, it's it's not a pleasant experience. I like to stay in whatever zone I'm going to stay in and stay in that all day. So I love that you do that because each of them, I mean, you're busy in both. So I can imagine that that's still sort of a 
juggling act that you have to master. Some days more than others, for sure. Yeah. Because inevitably one business wants to take attention from the other business, right? (laughs) Yes. And it's always (laughs) like magically, there'll be a legal crisis on the day that you're like, no, I'm not there. They'll be like, oh, really? Well, let's see how quickly you run into the office. (laughs) We know how these business consciousnesses work. They want I'm to fight blessed. for mom's attention. <laughs> I'm blessed to have great staff that's pretty good at helping me manage. Yeah. So we haven't talked about your background, how you even arrived at this place that you would even consider stepping or, or making space for more than just your legal business, right? So, so what was the journey? What was the spiritual journey for you to get to this place? Well, I didn't know that I was different. I thought that every kid had a family that lived in the junk room at the end of the hall. Like, I didn't know that that was not everyone's experience until my mother started telling me to stop that talking to dead people shit. And I was probably <laughs> seven. <laughs> so I have enjoyed lots of maternal support from an early age. <laughs> I was just always connected to spirit and energies that I couldn't see, or really that other people couldn't see. They were perfectly real and present to me. And although I didn't use that a lot through my teen years and young adulthood, it remained present and always had my interest. So then in in my late twenties, I had a two-year-old son who told me that the little girl that lived in our house couldn't have me because I was his mommy. And I thought I better get a handle on, on this connection (laughs) because clearly he has the same connection. So that started my path of intentionally managing my connection to spirit which has been fascinating and challenging all in the same breath. Because as you step out into that spiritual persona as an attorney, I really felt like I had to manage that for a lot of years and spent most of those years in the spiritual broom closet. It wasn't until the last six or seven years that I said, this is me, all of me. So I've been much more vocal and visible and true with the fact that I am both an attorney and a spiritual teacher, and there's no separating the two. I can imagine that would have given you a lot of freedom. Yes. It's also created some really interesting conversations with clients on, on both sides of my practices. Mm-hmm. So what do your legal clients say about all of this? Some of them express reservation. And mm-hmm. I, I met that reservation with a bit of jest and, and said things like, 
your dead people tell me far more than you ever want the public to know. So let's just keep that between us. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, that is cheeky. I like your style. <laughs> and what do you tell your spiritual clients? When they try to ask for legal guidance or ask for legal advice, I often just steer them right back to the fact that they already know what the answer is that's resonating for them and what's true for them. But if they would like to explore that, we can dig into their Akashic records and we can, we can find what, they, what they're already trying to avoid by asking me a question. They yeah. never that answer either. <laughs> it's the truth. When they ask me a question, they already know exactly what the, the right answer for them is. Mm -hmm. I got to think too, because of the conversations that you and I have had around what's happening in the world and our understanding of who's running the world and who we know is no longer running the world and all those things, right? The awareness is and the, the legal system being a part of that system. How soon into that legal world did you start to realize, oh, yeah, the law, the law has its limits? Mm. Um, well, the first year and a half of law school, I was still in that masculine push through whatever it takes, achieve your goal kind of model. And about Christmas time of my second year of law school, I realized this is, this is really not resonating for me. So I, I came home and told my mother that, and again, I was met with much support from her and shipped back to law school. <laughs> uh, so really from the beginning of my law practice, I knew that there were challenges and it wasn't mm. a full expression of of my voice or my, my purpose. So even from the beginning, I was, I was looking for where I wanted to take my next step. Hmm. That's gotta be pretty tricky to navigate when you're aware that even your efforts are going to, it doesn't mean you won't have success. It just means that there'll probably be some things that magically don't go anywhere. Yes, <laughs> that's paperwork that's magically gets lost. <laughs> Dates are never set for hearings. Right. <laughs> wow, that's, that's pretty wild. So as you know, this show is about the Great Awakening and, and uh, I know you're well aware of what's going on as well. And I also know that you really love playing in the goddess energy and know a lot about goddesses. So I'm curious to hear what kind of goddess guidance is coming through with respect to how we navigate this great awakening. That's been an interesting journey for me because traditionally I have aligned with energies like Joan of Arc or Isis and the, like the strong present warrior type energies. But I've been getting a lot of guidance recently from some of the more nurturing energies like Mother Mary. Mm. 
I had a fascinating conversation with a client who is a recovering born again Christian. And she always had a little bit of a taint around her perception of Mother Mary. But I encouraged her to look at her from the goddess perspective, not the Christian perspective. And that really allowed her to open her energy to the support and nurturing that Mother Mary has been offering her. And it's really warm and and reassuring because there's so much turmoil and chaos that the warrior energy seems to breed more of that. But the nurturing, compassionate side is really what my experience is calling for and yearning to have more of at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you say that. I feel like I have that as well, where I'm wanting to invite in more of a, an embracing energy, right? As opposed to there's no shortage of me making things happen. That's just my nature to go and make things happen, but to really be held through this process, right? Because I I don't know that we can really just hold space for ourselves adequately through this. It doesn't mean we're unconfident. I just think this is bigger than just a one person sort of nurturing matrix. (laughs) Yeah. We're needing, we're needing a support team. And my experience has been that whatever goddess energy comes in for me in a certain moment is because that goddess has already walked the struggle that I'm encountering. So they bring in wisdom and knowledge that I have a blind spot to. And that's been phenomenal Mm. for me to create connection, um, nurture myself, nurture my clients and create impact in the world, which is ultimately what my, what my whole purpose is by, by pursuing this. Hmm. How do you even get the messages? Like, how do you, you obviously have a built-in mechanism where they, where you go from just being in your own head to all of a sudden you're in conversation with another being. I, uh, so I call it the drive-in movie theater screen in my head. So for me, that's really what it's like. I, I see a visual depiction of whoever is bringing forth a message. And then it's like a conversation that I'm witnessing, but I still get to play a role in the conversation. So it's pretty interesting mm. and it's a really cool experience to have. But I access a lot of information through the Akashic Records. That's one of my favorite tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and such a such a much needed tool right now, right? Because there's yes. so much I'll I'll say unintentional false light. And I think the majority of the people in our space are really just channeling what they think is accurate based on you know the 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 information they have access to right now. And then there's a percentage that purposely infiltrate our space and um, really try to like, purposely try to, to spread false lights to keep us in that confusion matrix. So how have you found the Akashic Records to be helpful in, in navigating all of the, 
myriad of information that's out there. They've been a great resource when I intellectually want to feel aligned with someone or something, and it's just mm. not happening on an energetic level. And I consult the records and they're like, oh, no, 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 Th that's not the right path. Let's go this direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the information I'm already experiencing in my body and they are mm -hmm. a beautiful validation of those things that I'm not wanting to admit to myself or face. Mm. But I know you and I talk a lot about what we're accessing through the Akashic Records. So what kind of things are you getting around the collective? Like how, how we can navigate this and, um, you know, what, what kind of, how we can prepare, how to perceive certain things, you know, really anything that's coming through. The, the one thing that has been most loudly conveyed to me over and over, um, just because I'm in the records a lot and in this work doesn't mean that I don't need to hear it repeatedly because many of us do. Um, but it's the, the idea of, of one and how we're all integrated at some level. So I have been kept up at night by my guides reinforcing this information. And the reinforcement even came in the, the guise of a conversation with my son, that same son that started me on this journey all those years ago came to me and said, you know, mom, I'm getting these messages and the messages are really loud about the idea of, of all of us being one. And I was like, really, let's talk about it. So that's the, that's the premise of all of the information that I am integrating at this point. And they keep coming back to it. So clearly I have some more integration to, to continue uh, working through. But that concept is really allowing me to stay grounded and not get all wound up and distraught over the fear that's being mongered internationally at this point and the uncertainty because we have awareness of what's happening on the 5D level more than the 3D level, at least from my perspective. So it gives me some, some certainty that I'm moving in the right direction. Oh my God, I have not even thought about it that way. You're so right. We have way more certainty and way more clarity of information in the 5D and where we're going than we do about what's happening in 3D. Yeah. We can think we have a general sense of what's happening here right now, but because there's so much misinformation, disinformation, two truth and a lie, inversion, all of the nonsense that it's, it's actually easier to hang out. So how do we hang out in accessing the 5D wisdom without being out of our body all the time that's a, that's a skill 
So I often have an ongoing conversation with my guides and my record keepers throughout the day, even when I'm not intentionally looking for guidance and wisdom in the records. And by strengthening that connection and my ability to hear them, I get guidance about things as simple as which direction to leave my office at night. One direction is home, the other direction is farther around. But yesterday we had a little surprise snowstorm and a car drove through a local winery. So everything was closed if you went the direction that's the easiest way home. So when I was leaving, my guides were like, we better go around. So it's just as simple as, as that, hearing the, the information and direction and wisdom that they offer, even when I'm not intentionally seeking it. Wow, that's, that's pretty massive. I think of times where, and I'm sure everyone listening can think of times where we knew darn well, we weren't supposed to take a certain route home, for example, we just kept getting the nudge, but our curious cat said, just go, go that route and find out why you're being told not to take that route. And then we're like, traffic jam. Ah. And, uh, you know, then we, we wonder why we listened in the first place or why we didn't listen. So that's interesting. Uh, so how do we, how do we prepare our physical bodies for all of this? Hmm. That's been, uh, an interesting journey for me as well. About two years ago, I got the hit to consume less animal product and integrate more of a plant-based diet. So one of my friends who's a, a dietitian, she says, you have to eat something alive at every meal. And I've really noticed that if I don't follow that and eat things that are raw and plant-based, then I really don't feel as good as I know that I can. So managing what I consume, both physically, emotionally, and intellectually are extremely important for me. I don't watch the news. I don't watch most TV shows because I just don't need that. It's, it's just mm -hmm. too much knowing that I'm already connected to the information I need. Mm -hmm. I love that. How do we navigate the emotion of all of this? What are some practical strategies that we can use? I have really focused on identifying the difference between giving myself the space I need to integrate and isolation. So there's such a charge, especially right now around people being isolated, but there's utility in having some distance from all of the fear and uncertainty that other people are really feeding into. So I am intentional about enjoying the space that I have. And meditation is huge because when I can't manage the space that I feel like I need, 
I take a couple minutes and meditate and that allows me to recalibrate so I can then deal with whatever energies are in my space. Mm. That's, that's a big one. Another thing you're right, it's a space and it's going to fill, right? Something's going to fill it. So we might as well be the ones that are deciding what's going in that. Right. Another thing that's coming up a lot in conversations that I'm having is attrition of friendships. That's just one of those (laughs) things that I've experienced as an adult. And as I, I walk down the path that I've chosen, I no longer align with certain people energetically, emotionally, or principally. So that's coming up a lot for people right now because there's such a huge divide between fear around politics and health and, and condition, world condition. So that line is really being drawn in the sand for some people. And, and there's a mourning process if you decide that a relationship is no longer serving you. And it's okay to honor that. But don't dwell. Don't get stuck in that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if a part of that too is that we had expectations of people that we didn't even realize that we had of them. So when they no longer met our expectations, we no longer felt aligned. Like we're hanging on because some part of us wanted them to meet the expectations that they might not have even known that we had for them. Yeah. But yeah, this year has been a big year for attrition, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. And probably a good thing, I think, if we're ascending, we have to release the density, we have to release anything attached to our field that is going to kind of tether us to 3D when we're trying to move to 5D. Yes. I don't think I've actually, yeah, no, in fact, I haven't lost any friends this year. I've actually gained a lot of friends because I realized that, uh, and I'm sharing this for a reason, I realized that I actually during this, what we need more of other, aside from friends is allies. Mm. And I only knew that because someone said to me, I don't just, you know, I know we've just met recently, but I don't just consider you a friend. I consider you an ally. And I was like, oh, I think that's what's happening this year is we're, we're not, we haven't put words to it, but what we're really sussing out is who is going to be my ally when things get tough. Right. Cause that has a whole different charge. Totally. Yeah. And then I realized that's actually what's been happening with all this divide, right? You're either with me or against me. That's, that's the need to be, to be an allyship. And I think there's many ships we can be on. Right? Like, <laughs> and it's, it's very weird when you have a strong uh, allegiance to a certain, for like, let's say you and I are both anti-racist, but maybe you're a Democrat and I'm Republican, which we're not, but let's just say right? Then how, how do you juggle that when in some cases people could perceive that as being contradictory, right? Like how can we be so aligned on this topic and yet so misaligned on this topic, right? And people can't, can't just be an allowance of that. I'm not talking about racism and, and um, you know, any kind of ism really, right? Cause that, that's a whole other thing, but I'm talking about sort of basic moral principles and, and ethics and so on. Yeah, it's an interesting idea to delve into. 
where your where your allies are aligning with you and what if there's a misalignment on a topic or issue that hasn't come to fruition yet what happens then <laughs> mhm totally we had no you know when i got and I, i've shared this a little bit on the show uh, when i got married cuz i married my best friend i would have never imagined that a global pandemic would force us to gain clarity on things we already thought we were clear on. And uh, we're still best friends and we still get along and we have the same sense of humor and the same travel style and the same parenting objectives and all kinds of things. But uh, we see what's happening in the world in completely different eyes, (laughs) completely. He said to me about two weeks ago, just out of nowhere, he said, okay, I'll give you this. They are being a little draconian in Australia. And I'm like a little, not even being able to go outside and walk your dog, like literally not being able to let your dog outside and put your feet on the grass. So that, that's a little draconian. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, like they're doing it for a reason. So anyways, I share that because yeah, I, when you were talking about principles, I thought, yeah, like I really thought I was clear on my values and it turns out that I, I need it. I, I don't wish this on anyone, but I definitely benefited from the clarity of what my priorities are and what my values are and what my principles are and what yeah. my standards are. Absolutely. So what kind of things have you gained from this time, right? Like the, the piece of the great awakening that we've already been through. I have gained a higher priority around self-care. I've taken more ritual baths in the last eight months than I have in the last <laughs> 18 years, but it's been a piece that I've really enjoyed and it's reignited a priority around the things that I'm doing for myself and they don't have to be huge things, but it's something that I'm called to do. And, and I enjoy it. I enjoy the connection with myself. So that's been one of the greatest gifts of this experience. Mm. I, I love hearing that because my self-care is pretty decent, but I've actually let it slide. Mm. I could be better at that. So I, I thank you for the nudge. I think where I, where I've grown this year, well, I've grown a lot. Like I thought I was a pretty, pretty big truth teller, right? But I realized I really, really don't like deception. <laughs> Like I really have this compelling need to call it out and uh, it's a justice vibe, right? The whole letter J thing, you have it too. It's just kind of in, in our nature to do that. But where I've been really proud of myself is because um, I didn't even realize this was a pattern, but I would feel the need to answer every single message in my messenger. And I get a lot of messages in there a lot of unsolicited messages. And I'm not even talking about the spammy content. I'm talking about people coming in with 10 million videos a day, wanting me to watch countless videos that are all repetitive. 
things about, oh, the vaccine and oh, the, but again, it's like, stop. I don't need to hear that. And then, um, but I also, we all know what it's like to get those awkward messages. Like I get people asking me for money mm-hmm. or asking me to share a GoFundMe campaign because they want to go on a trip. And rather than just, you know, doing what the rest of us do, which is just go and sell some more stuff <laughs> and call in more income. Like I, I never created a GoFundMe campaign to have people send me on a non-essential trip because it's on my bucket list, right? It's kind of interesting, but you know, those are awkward messages to respond to or they used to be because I felt like it was, I was required to. And then I realized actually, I don't even need to acknowledge those because I don't know these people and I'm not sure what's happening here, but rather than tie myself in knots, I'll let them live with the discomfort if they're going to have any over why I haven't responded to them because it's not really my job to be attentive to them. And, um, or even just back and forth ping pong from people, you know, I just, I don't do that. Facebook, I didn't know until this year has a nice little ignore messages button, which I've utilized very heavily (laughs) this year. (laughs) So when people message me who I'm not, I'm talking like complete non-connections, right? Right. Um, I don't even know they've messaged me because it goes straight into the spam filter. So little tip. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So what about spiritually? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of questioning, right? We're aware that there's, like I mentioned at the beginning, some very unintentional dissemination of false light. And you and I have probably spread false light completely unintentionally because we were passing on information that we truly believed was accurate information. I'm not talking about it through the records, but maybe we've given people information about certain angels or I don't know, you get what I mean? And then there's the intentional stuff. And then there's a lot of question about different religious texts, especially the Bible that's coming into question a lot because people are calling this biblical and is it biblical or is it just because a bunch of shady people decided to make the Bible come to life, you know, through man-made efforts (laughs) and everything in between. So So how do we, like, what are some tips that you have around cultivating spiritual connection during times like this? I have always been a proponent of discernment instead of just Mm. listening to what someone, some dude dressed in a, a robe is telling you or what your grandmother told you, no offense to your grandmother, but she was probably telling you what someone told her. I always have guided my own life and my clients to go collect some information myself and to see what resonates for me and what doesn't resonate for me, I don't have to take. So that's really Mm -hmm. come into play over the last few months or almost going on a year now, because Mm -hmm. there is so much conversation and it's really being bred by, by the fear and suffering ideas around certain religions that we're here to suffer and we're being punished in some form of retribution. That doesn't resonate for me at all. I am, Mm -hmm. I'm far more aligned with tapping into my own divinity and accessing 
my own spiritual truths through my divinity, not listening to what other people have set forth as truth. Mm. So how do we strengthen that discernment muscle? You, you can always start small. You don't have to dive right into whether <laughs> the Bible is, is true for you or not. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, but if you're ready, jump right in. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but one I, thing I've noticed this year, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Well, I'm just going to say with respect to discernment, like what I've noticed this year is that the information is always there, but I've also needed to ask the question. There were certain things I wasn't asking the question on. Yeah. And when I did, the answer was very clear and it was there right away, but I had to be willing to ask the question even if it, I'm talking about the uncomfortable ones, right? The stuff that I may not wanted to have known about. Even though there was some part of you that already knew. Totally. Well, yeah, I mean, let's take Trump, for example. I didn't forget any of the things that I'd visually seen, not the modified stuff in the media, not all the stuff that people are going to say is Photoshop and out of context and stuff, just the literal things like the way that he would have his teenage daughter sit on his lap and the fact that he still owns beauty pageants and he was on a major network and you just don't get on a major network like that unless you're part of them and we go on and on so it's not like I didn't know he was but uh, I was open to the possibility that maybe I was wrong I was about five percent open I'm, and I'm always willing to be wrong honestly but I I'm like you're gonna have to do a lot to prove to me that this guy is good, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I find that these supporters, I'm gonna do a show on this, but I, I was finding that people could rationalize the bejeebers out of anything he was doing to the point that it didn't even make sense to them. Because when you have to rationalize that hard, you're just protecting your abuser, right? The narcissist that's gaslighting you, you've got Stockholm syndrome now, and now you're defending your abuser because you have a savior and nobody can attack your savior. Um, but I was curious, the reason why we stayed open, and I was just curious why so many light workers were able to buy into the illusion that he was a light worker as well. Mm. Yes, he's a part of creation. He's on this planet just as we are. And so if he wasn't meant to be here, well, then he wouldn't be here. So he's playing a role. But has he been sent here to actually dismantle the system? No, <laughs> that's very clear. And um but when I was finally ready to ask the question of what he was really all about, that's what I got flooded with hours and hours and hours of information about what he was really up to and who he was really playing with. And that's all been verified as well through various images and, you know, contextual things. But I, I have noticed over the course of this year and who knows what's going to happen next year. I'd love to hear, hear from you about that in a moment. That the, the level of truth we have access to is dependent upon the level of truth we're willing to have access to. And so discernment kind of ties into that, right? Because we can only discern information to the degree that we're willing to allow information in. 
Right. And it, it, it's impacted by the beliefs that we're still holding on to, some of which aren't conscious. So it's, it's, a, it's a cycle that we're, I think we're all somewhere within that cycle. Some of us are just moving more quickly toward deeper levels of discernment and deeper awareness of how we fit into the universal truths that are coming to light. Mm-hmm. One of my hot button issues is I don't want to have any association with the concept of lambs to slaughter. Like if, if I'm going to slaughter, I'm going on my own, my, my complete own volition. I'm not going because somebody else told me to, or because a whole group of people were going. So that's been a truth based for me, a truth based in a belief that I've been excavating because I want to know where it comes from. Like why I have such a strong visceral reaction when somebody tries to steer me. It's all, it's just another layer of, of of my own ability to discern what's true and, and what's of service to me and the world in general, because that's becoming an an even bigger element in the climate that we're all navigating right now is that it's not just about me. The decisions I'm making are affecting everyone at some Mm -hmm. vibrational level. And I'm feeling the, the effect of their decisions at some level too, especially being more empathic and more connected. I feel it pretty strongly as I'm sure lots of the people in your world do. Mm -hmm. So when you have a group like Q, you mean trying to steer you towards believing a certain thing, that kind of an energy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay to talk about that. We talk about anything here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and that's really where that like warrior goddess energy comes in for me. Because my first reaction is like, pull out my sword and defend my, my position. (laughs) So so that's when I call on the, the more assertive goddesses to, to support me in that endeavor. (laughs) (laughs) That's, well, that's cool. Then if we can call in the goddesses more often to help us just how do you do that? Just call forward the goddess that's most going to support you through whatever situation and then they just appear. Yes, that's my experience. So what I do is if, if I have the ability to, I'll close my eyes and find a connection and then request them to come to, to come into my space and, and the experience that I'm having and to provide me support and guidance and wisdom. And then I can feel when they come into the, to, to the vibration that I'm in and different goddesses feel different. So Joan of Arc, I mentioned earlier, she shows up and I can feel a, 
like a warm vibration over the entire left side of my body. And when some of the more nurturing goddesses come in, it just feels different. So I encourage people to invite different energies in and see how they feel and where they show up for people. But it's not, there's not a one key that fits a lock. So if I'm thinking I need to call in Mary Magdalene, but Joan of Arc might've been a better fit. Mary Magdalene is good too. Like whatever energy comes in, they're going to provide you with something, some energy, some answer, some guidance to support you in the moment. They won't show up just to do nothing. Their whole mm. mission is to, is to guide you and make your experience better. Mm. I love that. So before we wrap up, what kind of things are you hearing either from the record keepers or from the goddesses around how we can navigate 2021, some things we might be expecting? Well, I'm hearing lots. Um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the more um, frequent answers are reconnecting to your own sovereignty is critical because we've spent millennia allowing our sovereignty to be chipped away at. And it's now, now is the time. Along with the reconnection uh, to your own sovereignty is allowing your voice to be heard. We've also spent millennia having our voice and our, our true passion and purpose repressed. So this is the, the opportunity to shed all those lifetimes and layers and, and challenges to your ability to express who you are and step fully into your opportunities that are going to present themselves in 2021. There are new things that are going to feel frightening, but after the bullshit we dealt with in 2020, a little bit of fear around something new is energizing. So it's a great opportunity to take those up, those new paths and new steps that you might've been fearful to take before. Knowing you've got a whole support team ready to see you flourish and your sovereignty impacts all of us. So, mm. That's, that's a big onus, knowing that if you don't do the things that are available to you to assert your sovereignty, you're acting as a disservice to all the other people who are on this journey with you. So that's a pretty big responsibility. And it's one that I don't take lightly. So I'm taking as many steps as possible toward fully stepping into and embracing my sovereignty. Mm. What does that mean for you? That means, really it comes back to discernment and 
doing, saying, being who I am in the most authentic expression available without impact or influence by external sources. So as I tap into my own connection with me, I tap into my divine connection with the universe, the earth, all of the people of the earth, all of the extraterrestrials that are energetically aligned and connected with me. And I'm not worried about what anyone else has to say about it. The Bible, the Pope, the Torah, whatever. I'm not interested in, in that veil or filter impacting my own perception of who I am. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I have a feeling more and more of us are going to be speaking the truth. And you know me well, so I'm sure you would agree <laughs> that I've been letting a lot of stuff rip this year. <laughs> and there's still more to come. But uh, I know, I mean, we could talk forever, but I, I want to honor your time. And, and uh, so before we go, can you let everyone know about this really cool quiz that you have? Absolutely. So I am sharing with the audience a quiz to tap into who your goddess archetype is. And it allows you to explore some of the different energies around four main goddesses. And at the other end of the quiz, you get a personalized meditation that allows you to continue connecting at a deeper level with that goddess. Hmm. Amazing. Well, I know a lot of people have been raving about it, so people will definitely want to. And uh, I know you shared how they can access it, but we'll also put that in the show notes as well. So Jamie, thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. And uh, I look forward to having you back on again. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of things ramping up. So it seems like we'll have lots more to talk about in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful spending time with you and your audience. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.